happy thursday family hope everyone is keeping well hope you had a great week or having a great week so far god is so good um yeah man happy thursday uh thank you for tuning in to another episode of the she speaks truth podcast always and forever speaking god's truth over you i hope you guys are doing well man So much is happening in our world, but God is still good. He's still faithful. Who's still counting quarantine days? I know that I'm not (laughs) because this seems to be the new normal, um, which is going to be the topic that I talk on today. I'm really excited. Um, Today's episode, we are talking about uh, Church Detox Part 2. So I heard from a few little birdies that church detox part one was really good um and so i'm gonna do a church detox part two um semicolon or colon the new normal (laughs) yeah so i'm really excited to to share that with you all for sure um a few things though before i move into the episode uh the first thing i want to say is thank you for all of you who have registered for the unplug woman to treat you know sometimes i feel bad for the men because i really do not have anything for them (laughs) but i can't cater to you but you know we're praying that god will uh continue to raise up young men um of influence and and young men of integrity that will be able to lead other men um, in this generation because there's so many things for women there's so many things so many things Um, but I'm really praying for the men but nevertheless I definitely am grateful so if you didn't listen to last week's podcast then you would have missed the announcement Um, so I'm doing every year uh, for the past three years I I've hosted a retreat um, through my mentorship program. So my mentorship program is called My Sister's Keeper Empowerment. Um, and we host a unplug women's retreat. And honestly, God shows up in a special way every single year. We had our date and location and everything planned um, for this year. We had it planned from last year, but of course we know. COVID-19, you know, kind of just switch things up. I'm not going to say mess things up, but switch things up a bit. So this year we are still having the retreat, but we are doing it. We are hosting it online. So I'm really, really excited about that because I really feel like being able to host it online, um, even though we're not in person, we still get to reach a whole bunch of people, a whole heap of people. Um, And so that goes into my next point where I have a vision where I want to see 100 women, if more, yes, but 100 women at this retreat. That is my desire. I want to see women from all over the world join in and tune in to this personal retreat and this personal time with God. So if you are a woman and you are listening to this podcast right now, this retreat is for you. It is definitely within the same vein and the same line of, of what we talk about on this podcast, emotional wellness, uh, emotional wellness, <laughs> emotional wellness and emotional wholeness. Um, obviously, of course, from a faith-based perspective. And so I definitely want to invite you to be a part of this retreat. Do not miss it. This year, our topic is healing the dysfunctions of our hearts. My God, Uh, we're talking about things like healing from abuse, healing from um, rejection and abandonment, healing from soul ties. Listen, there's so much that we're going to be talking about. Um, On the Friday night, we're going to be having Girl Talk Circle on the couch. We have some amazing amazing women that are going to be joining us uh girl talk circle is dope you know what next week i'm going to give you guys a little history behind girl talk circle and how that came about but when we have retreats in person girl talk circle is literally like four or five hours it's crazy i remember last year uh let me go from the first year the first year when we had girl talk circle we were literally up to like four o'clock in the morning so it came a point was like guys 
I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. My eyes can't stay open. But it was so liberating and it was so free because people just felt so empty and just so free. Um, and then Girl Talk Circle last year, we did it by the bonfire and it was just so, so dope. Once again, lasted for hours on end, um, but it was just so, so beautiful. But we just thank God for spaces of healing um, for women, particularly for black women. And so, yeah, man, I'm excited. So uh, Friday night, as I said before, we'll be having Girl Talk Circle on the couch. So definitely want to invite you all to be a part of this amazing retreat and then on saturday we have worship we have prayer we have the whole nine yards you're not gonna feel as though you missed anything because jesus is gonna meet you right where you are at whether it's in your living room whether it's in your bedroom wherever you may be jesus is gonna meet you right there and i want you to be a part of that 100 so (laughs) for those of us who grew up in like old apostolic churches it's like are you in that number are you in that number so be a part (laughs) i'm such a mess i'm sure i have you guys laughing more times um be a part of that number y'all be a part of that number i'm definitely gonna put um the link to registration in the show notes finally um, early bird tickets end this week and they are almost sold out. Listen, we're almost on our way to that 100. Um, women are not playing about their healing this year. And so please, please, please grab your early bird ticket. I'm trying to save you some coins. So yeah, make sure you grab your early bird ticket. It ends Friday. So that's tomorrow. All right. So let's dive into this episode, Church Detox Part 2, The New Normal. So we're talking about Church Detox Part 2, The New Normal. So it was just really let on my heart, let on my heart, put on my heart, (laughs) to continue this conversation of church detox and the new normal. Of course, playing on, you know, that conversation of the new normal, what that looks like, what that feels like. Um, We know that COVID-19 has really done a number on us. (laughs) It has really shifted things up. It has shifted so many things. It shifted our mindset. It has shifted our finances. It has shifted our emotional and mental health. Like for some of us, it has shifted our weight. Like it it has shifted relationships. There's been a specific shift uh, that has happened. And even as we recap from last week, Um, we remember we talked about, you know, church detox and, and kind of like some of the things that has been going through some of our minds and, you know, we've really gotten an opportunity to think about and to reflect on how church is done. Um, we realized some of the unhealthy patterns that have been passed down to us or, um, presented to us, um, as a generation, uh, that Jesus wants to reintroduce himself to us, all that kind of good stuff. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to that episode so that this episode can, you know, it, it will make sense, but it will make even more sense to you. Um, But definitely just wanted to talk about the new normal and, you know, what I feel like that should look like and what I just hear the Lord saying with regards to that, right? We definitely want to ensure that we are in the vein of God. And um, I think, I don't remember what book of the Bible this is in, but I always refer to this where, you know, we need to be like the sons of Issachar, where we are recognizing the sign, the 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 seasons and the times, um, and I want to I want to continue to be like a son of Issachar, but I'm gonna be a daughter of Issachar, <laughs> where I'm able to translate, um, or able to relate, or to just let us into the heart of God, so that we can have conversation about it. I think that that is super, super, super important, and so. Um, on Sunday evening, I was sitting there, um, in my couch and, you know, a lot of the times in our generation, when we cry out for change or we feel like certain things need to be changed, 
we're always okay let me let me be careful how i say that because i'm not trying to be a disturber a lot of the times we are seen as rebellious um or wanting too much change and i you know i was sitting there and i'm like man so because i want change i'm rebellious i just i just i don't see how the two go together um and so it's not rebellion it's a revolution right um and so you know wanted to just i had to validate those feelings for myself to be like because i want change does not mean that i am rebellious and just to shift that mindset for us to let us know that hey change is not synonymous uh to rebellion that is definitely not the case um and so i i think it's important to realize that the new normal um as we shift and as we pivot and as life looks different church is going to look different too and i think that it's mirroring for us a lot of us just what god has been doing inside of us there's been a lot of healing and wholeness uh some of us uh many of us rather i know quite a few people who have who have started going to therapy who started to do things differently and when you start to do things differently and you start to sit with god and you realize hey man things don't have to be this way it really makes you reflect and think about the way life is done holistically so that includes the spiritual aspect which includes church right and you know this 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 system uh that is a part of our everyday lives and so once again i i wanted to normalize the fact that change is okay um and it's not a bad thing jesus came and he flipped the whole script he changed the whole narrative and of course, you know, they call Jesus so many different things. Um, but if we're going to be like Jesus, then we need to continue to um, want to see that change and continue to also not just talk about it, but be about it. So be the change that we want to see in the words of, of Brother Gandhi, right? So we want to be the change that we want to see. And so I wanted to just talk, touch on some points that um, I really feel like God is speaking to as to what the new normal should look like <laughs> as we as we continue on this conversation of, of church detox. And uh, the first thing I want to I want to talk about is emotional wholeness and emotional wellness. I know that and I, I see it through my social media and just through conversation with a lot of young people that, you know, my age and even older people as well. Even the generation before us, they're really talking about emotional wholeness and emotional wellness and mental health and healing and so forth. And I definitely think that this should be um, a part of our discourse as as we go into the church, um, go back into church. Uh, one of my friends, Pastor Rohan Samuels, he said something that was so profound, and this is a conversation that we've had, is that the church should be trauma-informed, right? Um, I do plan to do some work around that in terms of, you know, training church leadership and so forth, first on their own stuff that they should they should deal with. So going through emotional healthy leadership, but also uh, just, you know, ensuring that churches are trauma-informed. How can you make sure that your church is, is trauma-informed and it doesn't continue to perpetuate trauma or to re-trigger people, or to, re to trigger people, right? And so I definitely think that the discourse, and, and this is something that I feel the Lord is saying and hear the Lord is saying, I definitely think that emotional health, um, I keep saying emotional wellness. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Emotional wellness and emotional wholeness should definitely be at the forefront because the scripture says that Jesus wants our soul to prosper as much as we prosper in everything else that we're doing in life he also wants our soul to prosper so emotional wholeness and emotional wellness should definitely be a part of our new normal how do we practice that we practice that in in being still in stillness we practice that by taking breaks and sabbaticals um, last week in the podcast, I also talked about, you know, the fact that our churches have taken on this capitalist 
mentality or this capitalist structure where people are like, um, you know, wheels in a cog or cogs in a wheel. And, you know, it's almost like by it's we make people feel as though it's by works that they're saved or it's by works that they're validated when the scripture very clearly states that it is by grace that we are saved it is not by works the scripture also said it's not by works that any man should boast and so it's not about your title it's not about any of those things how many times you go to church how many times we go to prayer meeting none of those things but it is about grace and about our relationship with Christ. And so it's important that we we serve and we lead. And when I say serve, I don't only mean serve people, but we serve God from a place of emotional wholeness. And then when we serve God from a place of emotional wholeness, we will in turn serve his people from a place of emotional wholeness. Because I am a preacher, I'm going to say that again, okay? When we serve God from a place of emotional wholeness and emotional wellness, we will serve people from a place of emotional wholeness and emotional wellness. I think that is so important and we will lead from a place of emotional wholeness and emotional wellness because Church abuse is real, right? That factory system, that capitalist structure is so, 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 so real. As I've said, you know, I can do podcasts upon podcasts on spiritual abuse and uh, church abuse of just how people feel as though I am not seen as a person. I am not validated as a person. My holistic person is not taken into account. The only part of me that's taken into account is my ministry part. And so whatever I do for ministry, that's all that's validated. That's all that's seen. That's all that's affirmed. That's all that's checked in on. But me as a person, I'm not checked in on. I'm not validated. I'm not affirmed. And of course, I'm not saying that we need to depend on our church leadership to do that. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, first, we need to secure our own mass, making sure that we realize that we are serving from a place of wholeness. And when we serve from a place of wholeness, we will realize that, hey, my validation does not come from so-and-so. My my affirmation does not come from so-and-so, but it comes from the Father. It comes from God. And so when we realize that, we will serve differently, right? We will be able to own our nose because for some of us, we're busy in ministry because it's a cover-up. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's like a medication for some, okay? It's like a medication. And once again, I'm not saying that we don't serve. I'm not saying that we don't, we don't serve the kingdom because you know, that's not what I'm saying. I, you know, you know me, if you know me well, I'm all about us serving the kingdom and, and leading souls to Christ and pouring into others and people walking in their purpose. But what I'm saying is many of us have become cumbered. I talked about this, cumbered and distracted with many things. If we're honest, we can say that ministry distracts many of us. It distracts us because we don't get to to attend to those issues of our hearts. We don't get to sit in stillness. Some of us, we're just so, so busy. And I can definitely 100%, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I know for myself, and I was having this conversation with my husband, and I think for some of us, that's why we are afraid to ask for change or to, to, to lead with change or to change, um, (laughs) or to pursue change because we're afraid that when we, if we do that, we won't get the validation that we used to get. Amen and praise the Lord, right? Because we're going to be seen as rebellious. And then that validation that we so crave, we're not going to get that anymore, right? And so for many of us, we just, we we have copious amounts of, of busyness, copious, copious amounts of just doing stuff and our relationship with God suffers. And so God is saying, hey man, I care more about your soul than about any of the other things that you do. Yes, you lead the women's ministry, the youth ministry, the this, that, 
blah 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 retete all that good stuff but i care more about more about your soul i remember saying to god the other day and of course i'm not making a correlations between being busy in ministry and going to hell i'm not doing that at all but i remember making <laughs> having this conversation with god and having a pack with god and i said lord if ministry is going to land me in hell i don't want to do it period like i will just serve you and i will just just that's it i'll go to church on sundays you know i'll sing on the liquor praise team if that and that's it that's what I'll do. Like, I don't, if I'm going to do all of this stuff and it's going to pull me away from you, I don't want to do it because we see folks who lead from a place of, um, not taking care of their stuff. You get what I'm saying? We see it happen over and over. And, you know, I talked about in the podcast, who are you becoming? If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. We see things start to spill over. It will eventually spill over. Your character will eventually begin to show, right? All of these different things, the way you speak to people, the way we connect with people, the way we serve people, it will all begin to eventually show and to eventually manifest. And so it's so important. And that was going to be one of my other points. Um, get the healing you need as a leader so we don't perpetuate um, certain types of mess. You get what I'm saying? It's important that we, we get the healing we need. We go on that healing journey so that we don't perpetuate certain types of brokenness, right? Because what? Hurt people hurt people, but y'all already know my narrative. I can hear y'all saying it with me. Let's say it together. Healed people heal people. And I truly believe that the Lord wants healing virtue to flow from us. Because listen, if healing virtue is not flowing from us, we cannot reach souls properly. We're going to damage souls. And I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again, where souls come into the church, people come into the church, they're saved, they're baptized, but they leave because people don't know how to deal with them. People don't know how to speak to them. You know what I'm saying? So people leave and the church becomes a, 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 a traumatizing place right? And so as leaders that God is raising up in this generation, I think it's so important that we take care of our stuff. Take care of those stuff. Now, am I saying for some people, maybe it's taking a break from ministry, going through a period of, 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 um, of therapy and going on your own healing journey. But I'm of the, of the, the notion and of the mindset that healing takes time, right? It's a journey. It's a process, it's a journey, and it takes time. So you're still needed at the forefront, but I think it's important, um, and I can use myself as an example. I'm going through um, my healing journey. There are certain times of the year that I take a sabbatical because I feel like I'm able to hear the voice of God even more clear and able to attend to certain things. But on a daily basis, healing is a daily thing as well. It's a daily attending to our hearts, right? I I've talked to you guys about becoming a recent um, plant mom. My plants are still alive. Amen and praise the Lord. I give the Lord thanks and praise. First, I want to thank my mom. No, for real. <laughs> just like the plants, and we attend to them every single day. For those who have plants, it is so that we need to attend to our hearts every single day. It is so we need to attend to our souls every single day. Sitting in stillness, sitting with the Lord and saying, God, show me something. I swear God shows me something different every single day. And if it's not something different, it's another element of something. You know what I mean? But the more that we sit with him, he will uncover our hearts. He will show us things. He will speak to us. He will affirm us. He will validate us. And so as much as we may need to take time away, and I encourage leaders to take sabbaticals because, listen, listen to me and listen to me good. It is God's church, okay? It is not our church. It is God's church. So if you need to step away and you need to take a break, you, of course, follow the proper protocol. You talk to your pastor um, and talk to whomever. Um, you get somebody to fill your stead and, and to fill your spot. But it's okay to take a break. Even Jesus took a break. 
Jesus made sure that the, the disciples, that they were good, they were ready to go, and even Jesus took a break. It is okay to take breaks. It is okay to stop. You do not have to be go, 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 go. Jesus created the world, or God, because he was not manifested in the flesh yet, created the world in six days, the whole world, okay? If you're standing by your window, I want you to look up at the clouds. He put that together. If you're by a body of water, I want you to look at that as well. Wherever you are, the trees, the birds, he created that in seven days, in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested, okay? And as I'm speaking to you, as I minister to you, I minister to myself, okay? Um, I am learning. So as much as I take breaks, I find that when I'm, so as much as, so I have the retreat coming up and so forth. And so I have to literally talk myself into taking breaks. And what I mean by that is, I have to literally say, Jessica, in the morning when you wake up, go take your walks. Especially with COVID, you know, you're in the house or whatever. You can easily be in the house for days on end um, and getting no vitamin D. And so what I do is I get up in the morning. I go to bed at a decent time, so I'm not up until God knows when. I go to bed by 10, 30, 11. Um, I'm up. I'm out of the house, going to take my walk do nature walks, whatever, whatever, do my journaling, do my stretching, all that kind of stuff. And then, or if I'm not doing that, I'm making sure that I have my devotion and whatever. On the weekends, I try my very, very, very best, especially on Saturdays, to rest, to just relax. And so I'm saying all of that to say that it is okay to take sabbaticals. It is okay to rest. It is okay to stop. The God of the universe did it. And so can you. And it is in those moments that God is able to minister to our hearts. It is in those moments that he's able to speak to us and to show us some things about ourselves. And so that goes into my next point of stillness. Sometimes we just need to be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to do everything. We don't always have to be at the forefront. We were not created to, to be to be like that. We were created to rest. We were created to rest. Um, there's a book recommendation, and I'll put it in the show notes, that I want to give you guys, and it's called The Emotionally, Emotionally Healthy Leader. I think I've spoken about this with you guys before, but definitely want to uh, recommend it again, especially as we transition and as we, you know, churches are opening up and whatever. And I feel like many of us feel like we have an obligation uh, to just go back to the way things used to be. But Jesus is not interested in going back to the way things used to be. There is definitely a shift and there's definitely a change that has come. So if you can grab that book, grab it. The Emotionally Healthy Leader. So yeah, man, stillness is important. Stillness is it's, it's, it's just so powerful when you sit in stillness and you just talk to God and he talks back to you and you write and you sit in worship. Like it is just the most beautiful feeling. I know for myself that a part of something that I do, um, is I try my best to have quiet time every morning. When I say quiet time, I mean like no nothing. So no nothing. That's definitely a, a double negative, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, so I set my timer on my phone, uh, for sometimes five minutes, 10 minutes yesterday morning in particular. Um, I did 40 minutes of silence, 40 minutes of silence. I think that's the, no, that I'm lying. That's not the longest I've ever done. I've done an hour and an hour and a half, but 40 minutes. I just sat in silence and I was outside. So I had the water, but I just sat in silence because my mind needed that. My mental needed that, right? I needed some mental rest. There are seven types of rest, <laughs> okay? Uh, that's another book, Sacred Rest um, by Dr. Sandra. You can definitely, Sandra Dalton, you can go look that up as well. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, 
But yeah, man, needed some rest, needed some time because, you know, I'm going, going, going. The retreat is coming up. Um, I'm doing a bunch of things. And of course, I work. I have a full-time job, nine to five. And, you know, just life is happening. And so I just needed moments of stillness, right? And so I want to encourage you to take those moments of stillness. Take those moments of stillness. And what I have found is the more that I take care of myself and the more that I do what I need to do for me, I am a better leader, right? I'm able to lead better. I'm not cranky. I'm not um, fatigued. I'm not frustrated. All these different types of things. Do I get there? Yes. And when I get there, that's my barometer that, hey, I need to take a step back and I need a break. And so, my brothers and sisters, mostly my sisters, because it's mostly women that listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's okay to, 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 to practice those moments of stillness and try to incorporate that in your daily life. Um, but as much as we practice physical stillness, um, it's important to also practice internal stillness if that makes sense, because those moments of, of, of external stillness will influence your internal stillness. So for many leaders um, that, that they do struggle with mental health, you know, depression, anxiety, um, all these different types of things, it's important that that's why we practice moments of stillness, because it really helps us to attend to those things. Okay, I feel depressed, but why? Maybe I'm overworked. Maybe, you know, I'm not getting the results that I want or whatever the case may be. And the same thing with anxiety. I know for myself, anxiety is huge because I'm very high performing. And when I was, when I started to see my therapist at first, I did not realize, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not realize how depressed I was, but because I was high functioning, when I crashed, that's when I realized the magnitude of my depression. My God. I'm going to say that one more time. Because I was high functioning, because you can be, you could just, you could be, there's a lot of ways that you can experience depression. Um, but because I was high functioning, my God, when I crashed is when I realized the magnitude and the weight of my depression. Ah, glory. I feel that. Some people don't even realize what is going on with their mental health because we are so busy. And one of the things that I still experience to this day is anxiety. Not as much because I'm practicing stillness. But because when I make it about myself, when I make it about my results, because once again, I'm a, I'm a type A and I'm high achieving um, and high performing, when I make it about myself and about my goals and about, quote unquote, what I want to see, I, 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 the I in anxiety, I think um, Pastor Stephen Furtick has a message on that. When you focus on the I in anxiety, you begin to sink. Um but the I in anxiety and, and, and what I want to see and instead of partnering with God and what God wants to see, that's when I get the most anxious. When I've taken my eyes off of Jesus and I'm focusing on the results, I'm focusing on the outcomes, I'm focusing all of, on all of these different things, that's when I get anxious. And that's when I realized, hey, I need to take a step back and I need some internal, um, I need some internal peace or internal stillness rather. And that's when I'm less anxious. And so once again, stillness is okay. Moments of stopping and breaks are okay because they help you to realize when you're making it about you. It helps you to realize, hey, I need to put Jesus back at the forefront of this. Helps you to realize, oh my gosh, I've been really struggling in this area. Oh my gosh, I can really use support in this area. Oh my gosh, I need to attend to this area, right? So my next point that I want to talk about, and 
<laughs> a lot of people are going to be like, yes, Jess, yes. But I, I really want us to pay attention to this. Um, so I have a book and it's called This Generation. It's time for a shift. And when I read the book today, I'm like, wow, that was so prophetic. That is such a prophetic book um, because it's definitely relative to our generation today. And as we lead from places or live or serve from places of emotional wholeness and emotional wellness, and as we practice silence, solitude, and stillness um, as a part of our lives, because I'm challenging us to do these things, as we now get into the forefront and as we, you know, start to do things in ministry or whatever the case may be, I want us to shift a few things all right so we're shifting one of the first things i want us to shift is from religion to relationship okay we're shifting from religion to relationship i want to give a little disclaimer though because i feel as though religion has been given a bad name um especially around our 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 generation and rightfully so i understand why Um, But in James, James talks about true religion. And so I want us to shift from that, that that capitalist religion, that unhealthy religion, um, that um, works (laughs) religion to true religion, right? And shift from that, from that, from all of that other stuff to relationship. So we are, we are focusing now on true religion and true religion is, um, good systems, good fundamentals, and good foundations, right? And so if we look at the systems that we have been given by our forefathers, we have to learn how to decipher which ones are healthy and which ones are unhealthy, right? We have to sit with the father and say, okay, what's unhealthy and what's, what, what is, what is relative to today? That's also very, very important. I think, uh, cause some of the systems that we've been handed, um, <laughs> guys, I want to be careful what I say, but some of the systems that we've been handed, um, unfortunately they are not relative for today. Okay, they're not they're not relative. And I'm not talking about and I I love to give disclaimers because I am not talking about biblical principles. That is not what I am talking about. I am not talking about biblical principles, anything. If it's in the Bible and it's in accordance with the word, then we definitely stand on that. And that those are the true. That's the true religion that I'm talking about and the systems that I'm talking about. There's a system that Jesus left. There's definitely a system that Jesus left. And so I want to encourage my generation. So now we're shifting um, from from false religion to true religion and relationship. We want to definitely have relationship with Christ. And I think another thing that I want to do too, I want us to stop blaming our forefathers um, for some of the stuff, right? Um, They gave us what they knew. Right. And some of some of what they've given us, yes, um, is unfortunately unhealthy um, and and systematically um, not the best. And why I say that is because I have a sociology background. And when I think about systems, I think about confinement. Right. And so when I think about that word confinement, I think about a box that we've placed God in. And I think sometimes because of fear, and I want to validate also the emotions and the feelings and, and some of the things that our forefathers did, they did things from their worldview and from their perspective and from their lived experience. And so we can't wrong them for some of the systems that they gave us or they handed down to us or they presented to us because that is what they knew, right? That was their worldview. And so I think sometimes that is why there is a gap because we can't understand their worldview. And so they gave us what they knew and they gave us, and I, once again, everything that they gave us was not bad. I want to say 95% of what they gave us was not bad, is not bad. We can use these systems to bring change in the world, right? And of course, I think for many of them, um, 
work looked different, life looked different, um, especially if we want to contextualize it within Canada. Um, many of our forefathers, if not all, I don't know if any of us have parents or grandparents that were actually born here, very, very, very seldom, um, but they, they're immigrants. They came here um, with a certain viewpoint and a certain life. And so, the and, and many of them started churches in their homes and from scratch, and they worked hard and tirelessly. And so we're like, um, we don't have to work <laughs> as hard we really don't. It's, it's a different time and it's a different season. And so, you know, it's not healthy. Even when they were doing it, it it wasn't healthy. Right. So, but I want us to, as I said before, stop blaming. And I want us to now shift into relationship. I think for many of us in, in our generation, we say, Oh, but you didn't give us relationship with Christ. Listen, they cannot give us relationship with Christ. We have got to Get that for ourselves. We have got to secure our own mass first, right? Who is this God that our grandmothers revere? Who is this God that our moms pray pray to? Who is this God? We have got to learn Jesus for ourselves. Get into the scripture for ourselves. Get into the word for ourselves and not aim to, to build a bigger bridge when there really doesn't need to be right? Use some of those systems, use some of those guidelines as guiding principles. Because if our forefathers didn't do anything else, they taught a scripture. When we reflect on Sunday school days, when we reflect on, on, on youth service days, they read scripture. They preached from scripture. They preached from the word. They preached from the word. I don't know if you guys grew up in churches where, um, where your pastor is preaching and then they have somebody reading. So it'd be like this. It'd be like this. Um, so, and the Bible says, all right, verse three, and the Bible says, let there be, let there be literally <laughs> for those of us who grew up in church, that was it. But they preach from the word. They preach from scripture. And if we look at our generation today, there are many who are not preaching from the word. They're preaching from feelings and emotions and they don't have emotional wholeness and wellness and they're not preaching from the true, unadulterated, powerful word of God. And so I want us to begin to focus on the positives of, of, what our, of, of what our forefathers have left us. I think it's important. I think sometimes we um, focus on the negatives more than we focus on the positives. And I want us to chase after God. I want us to pursue God. And I want us to become comfortable with being misunderstood. Become comfortable with being misunderstood. Because we don't understand our forefathers and sometimes they're not going to understand us. But what? God gave them the dream and he has given us the vision. And what does the scripture says? Write the vision and make it plain. We got to run with the vision. We got to go with the vision and we got to do what God has called us to do and what God has commissioned us to do. So I challenge us to, when we go back into church, when we go back to what what, what, what we know as church, right? To really have a shift in our mindset that above everything else, I am going to ensure that my relationship with God is top notch. And of course, it goes back to some of those points that I mentioned before about emotional wholeness and emotional wellness and stillness. I'm going to ensure that my relationship, my relationship with God is top notch and it is above everything else because at the end of the day that's what matters and it is through that that we're going to bring transformation and that just leads me into my next point which is we're shifting now from tradition to transformation i wish i had some confetti right here or a da 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 and then i also want to challenge us on this right so for many of us, we're like out with tradition, tradition, we're going to burn it at the stake. <laughs> we're going to burn it at the stake. 
Of course, as I said before, as we even talk about those aspects of religion, of course there's some things that were handed down to us that we're just like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And it's the same thing with tradition. Some traditions that were just like, that was your worldview. That's not our worldview. We realize that that's not all. It doesn't take all of that to be saved or whatever the case may be. We realize those things. But I want to challenge us. I really want to challenge us to look at some of the traditions that our forefathers have given us. They've given us prayer. They've given us fasting. They've given us the word. They've given us the aspect of clinging to the altar. They've given us the aspect of praying through. My God, have any of you been to an all-night prayer meeting? Have you ever been to an all-night prayer meeting? If you haven't been to an all-night prayer meeting, I don't know. You didn't grow up in a traditional church. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You didn't grow up in a traditional church because all of us have been to an all-night prayer meeting or a Saturday fasting service or all of those things. You know, our Sunday night service when people got filled with the Holy Ghost and we tarried at the altar, right? Listen, those things were not bad things, okay? Those things made a lot of us the men and women that we are today. If I didn't grow up the way that I grew up, in the church that I grew up, I would not be the woman I am today, okay? I would not have an understanding of praying all night, fasting, even when you're dropping asleep, Bishop is saying, come on, come on, let's go. We're going to pray. We're going to cry out to God. And we we go to Sunday school and we, we dive into the word. And even now I'm just having flashbacks of my time in Antigua and just, and just how, how I learned the word and how I learned how to pray. And my first message, you know what my first message was guys, it's not when I got older, my first little exhortation when I was 10 or was I 10? It goes about 10 or 11, and I preached about Peter walking on the water. Full circle, right? Peter, Peter, Pete walking on the water, and how when he took his eyes off of Jesus, I'll never forget it, how he began to sing. And I was like, yes, praise him. Go ahead, Sister Jessica. You know what I mean? And so I think it's just so important that we realize some of the traditions that our forefathers have left us, and we realize, hey, man, they were not all bad. They were not all bad. Of course, there's some things that were just like, oh, Jesus. But that was their worldview. And even as we contextualize it in the black church, it was a colonial worldview, right? It was, um, for uh, for those of us who grew up in, in from um, Jamaica, it was, it was a colonial worldview where whatever, you know, the British did, we did because we were under a British colony. That's a whole different podcast for another different day, <laughs> right? So that's why they do the things that they do. And sometimes we have to understand their worldview. But I think as we go through that church detox, it's also important to understand what areas we are detoxing and what areas we are keeping. We don't have to throw, you know, they say throw the whole thing away. We don't have to throw the whole thing away. I think it's important for us to use what we have learned and now bring transformation in our world, right? And I think one of the things that really just is interesting in our generation is that we are, we talk a lot. We talk a lot. We do a lot of talking, but not a lot of doing. We do a lot of talking. We, we voice our displeasure. We voice all of these different things, but we don't do a lot of doing. And that's just the truth. And I can challenge my generation in this way. And so if we want to see, listen, listen to me good. Listen to me good. And even now, the scripture of Joel chapter 2 is coming to my mind, which says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, right? And your sons and daughters, right? And so I think it's important to acknowledge our forefathers and to um, respect their hustle, put some respect on them, but to use what they've given us and to bring transformation because they really saw some powerful things in their day. 
they really, really did saw, see some powerful things in their day. And, you know, they do harp on it. <laughs> they do. They do. But I think their hearts are yearning for our generation to see what they've seen or see even greater. And the scripture says that greater work shall we do. We're going to do greater. We're going to do even more. And so I want to challenge us to bring those traditions that we have learned you know, the positive things, the prayer, the fasting, the relentless pursuit of God, all of these different things and bring transformation to our world. Because one of the things that really allowed um, our forefathers to, to, to turn their generations upside down was their commitment to God, their commitment to the process, their commitment to the gospel. I know our generation, we are a microwave generation. We like things fast. I like things fast. I like fast results. I'll be honest with you. I do. I don't like when things take too long. I'm like, yo, why are we taking so long? Why is this taking so long? But our generation, they, our, our forefathers rather, they, they're committed to the process, right? Many of them have been saved for 40, 50, 60 odd years, brethren. They've been out here doing the thing. They've seen what we haven't seen. They've done things that we are yet to do. And so I think it's important that we really try to administer transformation and change. And the only way that we're going to see an authentic and powerful move of God is when we shift from those unhealthy patterns, lead and serve from emotional wholeness and wellness, sit in stillness, have relationship with God, then we will bring transformation. All right. Um, my last two things that I want to say is I also want us to realize that mediocrity and ordinary isn't the norm. It really isn't, right? Mediocrity and ordinary isn't the norm. It is not the norm. It is not the norm. Look at Jesus. We see his example that it is not the norm right? We're not going to be mediocre. We're not going to settle for less. And, and being ordinary is also um, not, 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 not the norm. It really isn't. That is not the norm. But living life out of the box, staying out of the box, that is the norm. Like I literally see expansion. I literally see expansion. And so I gave the I gave you I, I, I gave you a story. I painted a picture and I hope that you were able to to take away from the picture or from the story and apply to your own life. And I started with emotional wholeness and wellness as the foundation. That is the foundation. Then we move into those stillness and, and those moments of quietness. And I, I think I talked about this last week as well, where I talked about the, the success of this podcast or the success of anything that I do is sitting and listening to God and allowing him to pour into me. It's it's that relationship. And it's like, okay, God, thank you for showing me that these are the ways that I can bring transformation. And it's me saying, hey, man, I am not going to be mediocre. I'm not going to settle for less and I'm going to live life out of the box and I'm going to stay out of the box. I am going to move out of the box. I'm going to move. I'm going to live. It is in him that live, move and breathe and have my very being. I really pray that today's podcast bless you in a powerful way. And so I, I hope you're able to see why I have such a heart for healing, our healing journey, and emotional wholeness and emotional wellness. I have a heart to see these things because I really want to see a move of God in our generation. I really want to see a move of God in our generation, a powerful move, a shift, transformation, relationship. I want to see revival. But that mass revival starts with a personal revival. It's when we have that personal revival that we're able to have a mass revival. It's when we when we really sit. The scripture says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. So we chase God. We pursue God. We go after our Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercies. God, your loving kindness. You are so good. You are so faithful, Lord. I thank you for this podcast today, Lord God. 
I pray, Father, that we will reflect, we will think. There was a lot that was said, God, for us to think about, to reflect on, to ponder, to apply, Lord God Almighty. And so, Father, I pray that as I ministered to, to ears, God, that you will minister, as I spoke to ears, rather, that you will minister to hearts, Lord God. Father, and we will take what we need to take. We The seeds that need to be planted, Lord God, for each and every individual that listens, Father, that they will plant it. Lord God Almighty, and they will water it and they will attend to it, Lord. I thank you for what you're doing in our generation. I thank you, Lord God, that you are preparing us. Lord God, you are preparing us and I am grateful. I am so, so grateful. You're preparing us for revival, but most importantly, you are preparing us for your coming because you are coming back, Lord. And I pray that we will realize that you are coming back and you are coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Lord God, you are coming back for your bride. Lord God, so I pray that we will experience your love like we've never experienced it before. I pray that we will just sit with you and we will just realize that you are well pleased with us. Lord God, that it is not by works that we are saved, but it is by grace. I pray that my generation will learn scripture, Lord God Almighty, for ourselves. We will pray, Lord God, we will seek you, we will chase you, we will pursue you. We'll be committed to the gospel, we'll be committed to the process. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for the shift in mindsets. Thank you for the transformation in hearts. I thank you for the change in ideologies, Lord. And yes, Lord, I pray that we will be able, Lord God Almighty, to have an impact on our forefathers, an impact on those who lead us. I pray that we will, there could be a bridge connected, Lord God Almighty. Uh, there could be a gap, oh God, that is filled, Lord. I pray, Father, that we will, we will serve from places of wholeness and places of wellness, Lord. And, and we will just, we will just love. And even when we, when we're able, yes, God, even with this narrative of heal people, heal people, Father, Lord God, we will be able, Lord God, to begin to see our forefathers through a different lens. We'll be able to see, hey man, they've gone through some stuff. That's why they do some of the things that they do. That's why they lead from the places that they lead. That's why they 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 lead and they go through some of the things that they've gone through. But I just want to thank you, Lord God, for healing that's flowing in my generation. I am grateful for the healing that is flowing in my generation. I am so so grateful, Lord God, because this is a generation. This is this is the generation of them that see him that seek thy face O Jacob and I think what's powerful about the aspect of Jacob Lord God Almighty is that he wrestled with you he stayed with you Lord God Almighty until you changed his identity you shifted him from Jacob to Israel Father Lord God Almighty and so Father we thank you Lord God Almighty for the shift Lord God Almighty in our mindsets in our identity Lord God Almighty we may walk away limping <laughs> Lord God but Father Lord God there is going to be a shift, Lord God Almighty, because you are doing something deep down on the inside of us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. All right, y'all. I pray that this podcast was a blessing to you today. I really, really do. Um, as we as as life kind of gets back to normal, um, I want us to have a shift and a mindset over our new normal. God bless you all. Love you so so much. I really enjoyed um, recording that podcast. I really, really did. I really did. Um, even as I was, you know, speaking, you know, for me, there was some flashbacks, as I talked about, um, of just some some really core principles that I grew up with. Um, there's some areas that I was literally, I, I literally saw God challenging me in um, and I, th I think one of those areas for sure is just that aspect of um, understanding the worldview of our forefathers. I think that's really, 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 really important. And, and just accepting that their worldview is different. They came up in a different time. Um, and so I really, yeah, I was challenged guys. I was challenged too. So I pray that, that it was a blessing to you as well. And you know me, I'm always like, listen, learn, apply. 
um, challenge, grow, all of these things. Um, I love how multifaceted this podcast is, but I love how we can just have conversation and just talk about very different things. Um, the, the, the fundamentals of this podcast is transparency, vulnerability, um, empowerment, growth. And so, um, I pray that as we continue to journey together, that these things will continue to be at the forefront. So, I definitely want to remind you, I know I said it in the beginning, but I want to remind you about the retreat um, for those of you who want to attend, who need to attend, praying that the Lord will minister to your heart and move on your heart so that you will attend. Be a part of the 100, um, be a part of the 100. I'm going to put the registration link in the, I almost said my bio, (laughs) but in the show notes uh, so that you'll be able to register. But I think it really goes back to what I was saying earlier um, around just making sure that we're leading and serving from a place of emotional wholeness and emotional wellness. Um, And that is why I'm so adamant about creating spaces such as these, because unfortunately these spaces are not as not relevant that's not the word I want as frequent um or as accessible there we go as they should be and so I definitely want to make sure that spaces like these uh be a conduit of spaces like for spaces like, like these to be um accessible and for people to learn and to grow and so forth especially with the retreat once again one of the things with MSK my sister's keeper is it's so interesting the tagline is impacting inspiring and empowering um women millennial women of color to be exact to be leaders of today and the change of tomorrow and you would think but why are you talking about healing why are you talking about wholeness because as leaders it's important that we take care of our stuff we need to lead and serve from a place of emotional wholeness all right y'all love you so much love you with all of my itty bitty heart um once again i pray that today's podcast was a blessing to you have a great one and y'all already know she speaks truth podcasts always and forever never ever gonna stop speaking god's truth over you take care y'all bye